It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Greetings. Welcome to School of the Bible, hosted by the Kingdom of God Fellowship Church, brought to you by the Empowered for Life radio broadcast through Block Talk Radio, as well as Talk Shoe Radio. Hallelujah. I am Apostle Rose White, and we pray you have come with Bible, pad, and pen for a special time of study in the Word of God. We're going to get right into our assignment for this morning, but before we begin, let's open up in prayer. Hallelujah. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we just thank you for this time, this hour of devotion in your word. We ask that you would open up our heart and our mind, oh God, today, illuminate our heart so that we might hear what it is that you are speaking to us on today. Give us ears to hear, oh God, but that what your spirit is saying to us who is your church. Father, we ask you to remove hindrances out of our way. Remove, oh God, disturbances even this day. Bless all of those that desire to be here, be able to be present on today so that they will get the food that you want to feed us with, with manna so that we will be hungry no more. We give you praise, glory, and honor on this day. Help us to receive your word with true thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, on this Sunday, we are continuing with our faith series, and we are going to be discussing um, on today about grateful faith. You know, it's it's been a blessing to be able to continue um, to talk about faith because faith comes by hearing and uh, hearing by the word of God. And so we're going to be continuing. So again, uh, please know, especially if you are new with us for the very first time, understand that we are a teaching and evangelistic ministry. We believe in the Word of God. We solely try to study the Word of God to learn everything that the Word has to say to us so that we can live our lives effectively um, to build the kingdom of God. And so our study this morning is coming from Luke chapter 17 verses 11 through 19, and I'm going to be reading from the King James Version. And it reads, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. 
And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith have made thee whole. Now our key verse on today is coming from that 15th verse that says one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Um, I want to say that those who um, live in in Western democracy, um, you know, we enjoy standards of living that people of centuries past what they couldn't even begin to comprehend. And by one estimate, those in the very bottom 10% of income in America are in the top 30% of income in the world as a whole. Relatively um, few in such a culture lack basic necessities, yet many are dissatisfied. Now, why is that? Shouldn't people who have so much be happy? Shouldn't they have be, you know, at that place where they're totally content? But it's not. There was an author, um, Mr. Maraboli, who observed that there is no such thing as unhappiness. He says there's only ungratefulness. <laughs> He's got a point there, I think. You know, are the happiest people those who are most grateful? See, the religious heritage of, of ancient Israel, they linked gladness with thanksgiving. There was joy, there was praise, there was gratitude, and all of those things were interconnected. See, there were key elements of worship that included rejoicing and giving thanks. So there's that repeated worship, uh, you know, uh, on thanksgiving or thankfulness. We see it all through the book of Psalms. You know, talking about, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Because what? His mercy endures forever. There is that, that also a distinction that's a little fuzzy, you know, at best between praising God and thanking God, both being at the very heart of worship. Even so, the Bible shows many ungrateful people. We see that every day, people that we come in contact with. See, the history of the Exodus could have been that of a celebration, a quick victory march into the promised land. You know, but instead there was grumbling, there was griping, there was uh, murmuring that made this otherwise. And so the dissatisfied heart always wants more. You know, there's that greediness that completely outrules being grateful. And so God is kind unto even the unthankful as well as to the evil, according to Luke chapter 6, verse 35. And so this week, today's lesson looks at, you know, just a wonderful act of kindness that was shown on ten desperate men. But out of those ten, only one showed gratefulness. So as we consider this uh, that we are reading today, I pray that we will begin to search our hearts, that we will see if greed or if gratefulness is our primary cause, that we will begin to fully dissect just who we are on today. Let me say that um, in, in, uh, in history, uh, most of us have heard the term of leprosy. It's an old term. Today it's known as Hansen's disease. And so, you know, few people today are really afflicted with this particular ailment because this is just a terrible ailment. And there are perhaps no more than about 300 new cases annually here in the United States. But leprosy was well known back in the day. You know, it was described in the records of many cultures. 
And if left unchecked, this particular disease, uh, it could cause a person to be completely deformed. You know, there were so many uh, lesions that were seen, visibly seen. And so traditionally those, you know, that were afflicted, they were forced to live under harsh and cruel conditions. They were quarantined. You know, even, even in modern times, leprosy uh, it was incurable until there was, you know, came forth antibiotic drug therapies you know, in, the, uh, in the 20th century. There are many different uh, things that have taken place today that there are drugs that are able to help to counteract those issues. But leprosy was described in the Old Testament, um, you know, probably including a, a wide range of afflictions of the skin, not just Hansen's disease as we know it today. See, there were laws that were containing concerning lepers um, that were found, especially in the book of Leviticus, over in the 13th and the 14th chapter. To be a leper meant that you were unclean, you know, and, and it was usually, um, oftentimes, it was a permanent thing. And so those who were afflicted, they had to warn others by crying out, unclean, unclean, according to chapter 13, verse 45 of that of Leviticus. And so they were required to live alone, live apart within their own little world with people that were just like them. So these lepers, they suffered not only just the illness itself, but they were, you know, they were, they were, cut, they were cut away. They were ostracized. Uh, they were not allowed to be a part of the general public. And so that was the condition of these particular ten men that we're talking about in this lesson on today. So when we look at a couple of things in the background, one of those lepers was a Samaritan. And Samaritans, they lived in central Palestine. They were distant relatives of the first century Jews. There was uh, a lot of animosity between two groups in the days of Jesus. There was a type of bitter uh, tribalism that had been fueled by, you know, centuries of negative incidents. Um, as we began to look and study the book of um, the ninth chapter of Luke, verses 51, 53, we also see it in John chapter 4, verse 9, as well as chapter 8, verse 48. And in the Old Testament, it traces the timeline of these um, from 2 Kings chapter 17 through Ezra chapter 4, as well as Nehemiah chapter 4. See, the period of time between the Old uh, uh, and New Testament, they saw much further than what you and I see today um, concerning lepers. See, the Samaritans showed the regulations that were actually found in the book of Leviticus. This included uh, exclusion. I mean, they were told they were not a part of. They were excluded from just regular uh, life within the village. Why? Because they were afflicted with this, uh, you know, terrible disease. So those that were those ten men, they were outcasts, and it seems to have consisted uh, of both Jews and Samaritans. So we can liken this to to somebody or to a group of people. Uh, you know, in that homeless camp made up of folks that are from all kinds of backgrounds and they've just been, you know, just been slung together uh, because of their circumstances. I remember living in South Africa, we had uh, what they called kukwini. <laughs> it was called kukwini. And, and kukwini, it was people that were destitute, 
Um, they didn't have anything. They There was no lights. They didn't have fresh water. They just had no means, and it was all jumbled up, and a lot of times they wasn't out among the other people. And uh, it was just it was just really a hot mess, but it was a sad thing to also see. So, you know, these people back here in this particular time, they were in a very harsh uh, environment and had a bad circumstance. So when we look at the scriptures here, verse 11, um, about study materials of Luke chapter 17, it says, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And so here it is, Jesus and his followers, they're on their way to Jerusalem for Passover. Here, this is Jesus' final Passover. And this particular gospel marks his final trip beginning in Luke chapter 9, verse 51. At that time, Jesus had sent messengers ahead into a, a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, and they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem, you see. So, you know, there was lots of things that was going on in the minds of the people. So Jesus preferred to minister in places that are open to his message. So what did he do? He bypassed that particular uh, Samaritan village. He doesn't avoid Samaria as a whole, you know, since the verse before it says that he's passing through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, as we see in John chapter 4, verse 4. But there's no geographical features that separate the two areas in, in an obvious way. The distinction here is determined by the makeup of the villages um, that has the Jewish visit, uh, villages of Galilee um, that's lying to the north of the Samaritan region. So the Samaritans, for their part, they are centered in the Shechem Valley near Mount Gerizim and the surrounding area is roughly 25 miles due north of Jerusalem. So let's look here at, at these lepers. Verse 12 says, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. See, we're not told if this village is Galilean, Jewish, or Samaritan. Both Jews and Samaritans, you know, they isolate uh, lepers, so it might be either one. But the fact is that those ten noted were lepers, and they stood afar off here, which is in compliance with the law of Moses. I mean, they stay near the village where some of them may have family members who, you know, who provide them with food and clothing, but the men don't venture close. The lepers who ignore the expectation of maintaining proper distance, they might be literally driven away by having rocks thrown at them, you know, from fear. Uh, you know, people loathed them. They really did. They just thought they were horrible. Verse 13 goes on to say, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on them. That physical distance between Jesus and the lepers, perhaps 100 yards or more, is highlighted by the need for the men to raise their voices to be heard. See, the author gives the impression that they shout in unison. This indicates you know, a plan that they had actually come up with before Jesus came to visit. So these ten men, therefore, they seem to have access to the community grapevine of information. Ooh, we heard it through the grapevine. You know, it's, even though they isolate. You know how people can be in prison, but they know everything is going on outside of prison. You know, housewives that stay at home, don't, don't work outside the home, don't go anywhere 
um, or stay-at-home dads, whatever. They're at home taking care of the family, but yet and still they know everything that's going out in the world. And sometimes more than some of us is actually out there. And so, again, they've got a cry for a simple request for Jesus to have mercy. It's not a, it's, it's literally a, a not a plea for a specific action, but it's an appeal for a favorable attention. And behind this request, you know, there's that awareness that Jesus is a compassionate master. Isn't that wonderful to know that, that our God is compassionate? You know, he's so full of compassion and passion. So if he notices the, the, this particular group of lepers, um, their desires that he would extend his healing power to relieve them of the pain and the agony in which they were going through. Here it is. Again, there are requests for God's mercy, and, and it's coming frequently. We see it in the Psalms, Psalms chapter 30, verse 10, Psalm 51, verse 1, even Psalm chapter 57, verse 1. Here there's the entreaty, Lord, have mercy. It occurs again in Luke chapter 16, verse 24, as well as chapter 18, verses 38 and 39. Here we're hearing music now, you know. Uh, uh, we're hearing a, a chorus being sung of, Lord, have mercy. This is so familiar. There's that sad irony, though, in this request from these particular skin men. As much as we, we hear it, it's a sad thing. It really is. And so they have experienced uh, very little mercy in the past. They've been excluded from their home. They're most likely targets of, of mean people and, and being criticized and ridiculed by them young kids. Of the, you know how kids are. Kids just write out mean. They really are. They can be so cruel. And so most of all, they probably believe that God is punishing them in a merciless fashion. And so many things can cause a person to become unclean temporarily. Know this. Temporarily. But since there is no effective cure for leprosy uh, in that particular day, to be afflicted by that ailment is usually to remain permanently uh, in an unclean uh, status. You know, it's, it's like a life sentence. You know, judge gives somebody a life sentence, it, it, that is what it is. Well, that's what the way this was at that particular time. And there are only you know, freedom would come uh, when they die. And so verse 14 goes on to say, and when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, this is Jesus speaking here, show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were clean. Again, these are the words that are what Christ did. See, the simple command, go show yourselves unto the priest, it's for the purpose of verifying that the men no longer have the signs of leprosy. This is a task. You know, it's a responsibility that has been entrusted to priests who are under the law of Moses, according to Leviticus chapter 14, verses 2 and 3, as well as Luke chapter 5, verse 14. We can see this. There's a positive certification that will mean that the 10 men they'll be able to resume their roles in family as well as village life. But there's a bit of drama here for this healing, you know, and, and we will overlook if we don't read very carefully this that took place. See, the text doesn't indicate that the ten are healed immediately. Instead, the impression that we are given is that healing comes only as the ten with leprosy obey Jesus by beginning to walk away from him to seek out the priest. 
It is at that point in time the symptoms of leprosy literally vanish. And so we assume this means that deformed finger fingers, now they be, they hold. Some fingers that grew back at. All those skin lesions that was on the body, boom, they gone. They disappeared. Hair that was unnaturally white, it now goes back to its natural color. So if you're a redhead, boom, you redhead all over again. Those that were down, feeling bad, sick, you know, now they're feeling better. And so they realize that their trip to the priest is not a fool's errand, but it's their first step in reclaiming, reclaiming their natural life to God be the glory. So there's a simple lesson here, you know, is that faith that results in obedience which leads to healing. Many people are not healed today all because of that. They're not obedient. They have no faith. They can't believe because uh, a lot of times they um, uh, uh, try to match their what they're going through with somebody else. And so here for the 10 individuals that we're talking about, you know, this is for physical healing. For us, it might be a spiritual healing. It might be the cleansing uh, of our unclean heart uh, when we obediently follow Jesus. Now, verse 15 says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice and glorified God. Hallelujah. Here it is, one of those that are healed. He postpones his trip to the priest. See, he had seen all the symptoms of his leprosy totally disappear. And what did he do? That brother makes a show of you turn back to Jesus. And he don't come quietly. You know, he's got a cry of unclean, unclean that was said earlier. But now that, that shout, that cry is a, is a cry that has been replaced with total praise. Perhaps the man is glorifying God for the first time in many years. And he recognizes the miracle of healing and knows it is source, where it's coming from. The first part of verse 16 says, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Lord, we give you praise. Hallelujah. We give you praise. For the man to fall down on his face is the posture of worship, appropriate only for worshiping God. This is the, the man's instinctive reaction. See, he may not understand everything that just happened, but one thing he does know, and that is, you know, the man named Jesus. He knows that he is God's instrument in causing him to be healed, to be clean. And so the man has been shown mercy. In the midst of, of all of the turn of events, this man is cleansed of leprosy and does the right thing. He suffered more than most of us can even, you know, imagine. He's lost his humanity. His suffering may have actually caused him to doubt, but he still believes that God is in control. And so he knows that God is worthy of worship, praise, and thanksgiving. That's a lesson for us today, say, that we have to always know that God is worthy of worship, praise, and thanksgiving. The last part of verse 16 says that he was a Samaritan. So here's the surprise twist. The Jews consider the Samaritans to be something like inferior cousins. How can it be that a Samaritan is the only one who understands that God should be glorified and Jesus be thanked for the healing? See, the irony of this is similar to that of Jesus' parable of the good Samaritan. 
over in, in the 10th chapter of Luke, verses 30 to 35, where a Samaritan is the only one who understands what love for one's neighbor truly is. Verse uh, 17 and 18 goes on to say, and Jesus answering said, well, they're not ten clean, but where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And so here, when we look at these questions, you know, that we, we read in these passages of Scripture, Jesus transformed this miracle event into a teaching opportunity. That's why I love teaching. You know, that's why we are teaching an evangelistic ministry, because there's always a lesson for us to learn. The questions are almost like a, a, a story, a mathematical type of story problem. See, if 10 individuals are healed from leprosy, how many should give thanks and glory to God? But guess what? Only one came back to do so. So what happened to those other nine? Has God's miraculous power failed and those nine are still unclean lepers who have run away in some type of bitter uh, disappointment? No, that's not the case here because everyone present knows that all ten got clean. The problem here is that those nine neglected to stop and give God praise for what he had done. See, our God is an awesome God, and we should always be at that place where we are praising him because he is Worthy to be praised. He's an on-time God. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's our soon-coming king. And so praise should always be on our lips. We should always be looking to tell him, thank you for what you've done. Just to be able to wake up this morning, we should be saying, Lord, I thank you. To be able to uh, be on, on a broadcast or to sit in the, in the midst of a service, to be able to have the ears to hear, hands to lift up before God, a mouth to be able to speak, should be enough right there for us to stop and say thank you. And then another curiosity is that the one who did come back is of all people, what you think? Who will thunk it? <laughs> a non-Jew, please. Come on. This is one is a stranger. This is a subtle rebuke to the Jews within earshot who assume that they are superior to the Samaritans. And in that end, relationship with God is actually demonstrated by one's action, not by some kind of ancestral connection or lack thereof, according to Luke chapter 3, verse 8. And so, uh, you know, I want to share something that a few years ago, there was, a, um, you know, a Florida TV station, and, and there was a report that was given about a mother who had 15 children, and, and she was complaining that she wasn't getting any help from social services. I mean, she had been receiving assistance, and the father of 10 of those children, he had provided some support. But after he was arrested, she was evicted from apartment. She ended up you know, going into a hotel room with 12 other children, and she just lashed out. Her attitude was somebody needs to pay for all my children. Oh, my goodness, isn't that something? You know, she said somebody needs to be held accountable, and they need to pay. And so that video, when it was made, it literally went viral on the Internet, and there was like 180,000 uh, people that viewed uh, that show. And so as you might expect, here it is, this woman's attitude uh, brought her a firestorm of criticism. 
On the other hand, she also, you know, received sympathetic responses from people who offered, you know, various reasons why she was justified in feeling unfairly treated. Overall, though, many felt that her statements indicated a lack of gratitude for the support that others had already provided. See, though that attitude of ingratitude has a long history. Had those nine who didn't return to Jesus simply, you know, uh, never learned to express gratitude? Were they so overjoyed at being healed that, you know, they ran to share the news uh, uh, and they just forgot to thank Jesus in the process? Did they feel that they were entitled to their healings, given their lengthy suffering? I pray that you and I will remember uh, on today that in everything that we are to give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, according to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 18. Verse 19, as we continue here, uh, in our study this morning, it says, And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith have made thee whole. See, after addressing the onlookers, we got, you know, Jesus turned to that Samaritan himself with the declarations that we see here. See, the man's new life has begun. And he can get up, he can go about his business, which first entails getting the blessing of the priest. The man then, is, you know, is right to give the credit for the healing to God, but Jesus teaches him a lesson as well. It is through his faith that he's been healed. See, this doesn't mean that the man has had the power to heal himself all alone. It doesn't mean that the power of his personal faith in and of itself has brought about the healing. What it means, rather, is that his trust is in God. See, he, there was that initial act of obedience First, to seek out the priest, and that's pleasing to God by whose power the the leprosy has been vanquished. Hallelujah. And so this morning, as we are coming, uh, you know, to a close, uh, I want you to know that, you know, God is, is faithful. God is just. And this week's story is not just a lesson that any believer can be healed if he or she just simply has enough faith. See, the darker side of, of such an idea is to believe that any believer who suffers with illness or some kind of ailment is lacking in faith. Certainly the lesson is about the importance of faith, but it's much more, you know, of about a lesson of need for, for being grateful whenever God blesses us. I mean, several times in the gospel, Jesus heals people and pronounces that their faith has made them whole. We see the example of this with the woman with the issue of blood, even in the 8th chapter of Luke, verses 43 and 48. We also see this with blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. There is a double meaning for one of the words in this text, uh, for a term here that's translated made whole. It's the same word that is translated for saved in verses like John chapter 3, verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. So healing and salvation are both signs of being made whole. Now, while 
Um, you and I, you know, we might be skeptical of some claims of healing in the church today. There is no need to dismiss them all. Our God, I truly believe we've seen God work. He is a God of healing. And so a lesson that Jesus taught repeatedly in his ministry is that of healing. Miraculous healing is a gift also. It's not something to be controlled by a human. And there are certain individuals that are instruments of God's healing power, but God is the one from whom healing comes. We don't worship and lift up and, uh, uh, man that is the instrument, but rather we give uh, praise to the Lord. We may never have witnessed it. Some of you may have never seen anything miraculous like that, you know, may not have witnessed a miraculous healing of some type of physical ailment. You know, because those things are easy for us to understand when we do witness it. But if a person had visible symptoms of leprosy that all of a sudden, suddenly disappeared, I'm telling you, you and I would be concluding that God had acted and acted quickly. But the Bible accounts of such miracles should push our thoughts beyond that of physical healing. They should push us to understand how our hearts need to be healed. Our hearts have been diseased by sin, hardened by selfishness, and it's been broken by law. Can they ever be made whole? Here is the lesson for us today. You know, here it is, that grateful man who had leprosy. He was healed in more than one body. He was healed in his heart. His heart was made whole as well as his body. And that's what the other nine literally missed, and that's a sad thing. They missed that. See, healing begins with faith, with trusting God. And we begin to heal when we yield our independence and throw ourselves into the arms of our Father. Healing is then nurtured when we follow this faith with gratefulness as expressed through praise and through thanksgiving. If a physician saved my life through skillful uh, uh, heart surgery, it would be natural to want to just thank him or her, right? You know, when you go to your doctor and they give you a prescription and that medicine helps you so much, when you go back, what do you say? Thank you so much. That medicine really helped me. How much more should, should we turn and thank God who heals our hearts and make us whole for eternity? Today, and we're preparing to leave, may we pray that God will give us a heart of gratitude, that we will be forever thankful for all that he has done, for all that he continues to do for us on a day-in, day-out basis. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would heal our hearts today. Teach us to praise you gratefully, even in the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our hard times. We pray this, O oh God, today, in the name who heals all lepers, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want you to always remember today that healing begins with faith. Walk with that today. Meditate upon that today. It's just a matter of of us having and taking on that faith of being grateful. Gratefulness on today. This morning, if you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, we want to offer him to you right now. Salvation is not something difficult. It's not technical. It's not complicated. The Bible tells us that when we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, then we're saved. 
So if you are ready to make that declaration and you want to, to make a life change today, then I want you right where you are to raise your hands unless you're driving. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say it out loud so that you can hear yourself today pray. Dear Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. I have done many things that don't please you. I have lived my life for myself. I repent today. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live every day in a way that pleases you. I love you, Lord, and I thank you that I will spend all eternity with you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you pray that prayer with me, I ask that you go now to our website page, which is www.kogfellowshipchurch.org, and send us a message or an email. Let us know that you prayed that prayer with us. Hallelujah. That you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior because we want to now encourage you to take it to the next level, become connected and dedicated hallelujah, to a local church body where the word of God is being taught consistently without compromise. If you wish to become a part of this ministry, not just an occasional person that listens in, but a full-fledged member who has benefits, then go to our website, click on the tab label that says iChurch, and fill out that online member application and click submit. Once this is received, one of our pastoral team or support staff will contact you for further information. If you live here in the local area, we do invite you to come and and, uh, uh, partake in this worship experience. We're located at 337 South Scale Street, Unit D, as in David, here in Reesville, North Carolina. Let us become a part of your life today. We're going to now prepare to go into our morning worship service. We're going to go right into our morning worship service. For those of you that do have to leave, we want to work. I wish you a blessed and wonderful Sunday morning. For those who will be remaining with us for the next service, we do ask that you go ahead and prepare your hearts and minds as we are going to get ready to go into a time of worship through song. There is no benediction, um, as this just is just a continuation on into our morning service uh, uh, hour. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God be the glory. Bless the Lord, my soul. Bless the Lord, my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Oh, bless the Lord, my soul. Bless the Lord, my And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Oh, bless the Lord, my soul. Oh, bless the Lord, my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. 
Name. His power is greater, for he has created everything. 
mighty is our Lord, ruler of everything, ruler of everything, ruler of everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mighty is our God because he's the ruler of everything. To God be the glory. Amen. For those of you that are just now tuning in, I am Apostle Rose White, and we are excited that you have joined us here. We are of the Kingdom of God Fellowship Church, and we are excited about Jesus on this wonderful Sunday morning. By way of announcements, we do want to announce that each and every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, beginning at 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern, 5 Central, I think that's 4 Mountain and 3, uh, 4 Pacific, 3 Mountain, you can join us by dialing uh, into our morning manner broadcast at 724-444-7444. Uh, again, that number is 724-444-7444. The meeting ID number is 140273, and then the pound sign. Again, that's 140273, pound. You can listen online, also at TalkShoe Radio, um, and just need to look for the Morning Manor to Live By broadcast and listen to us right through your notepad, laptop, your PC, and be able to hear us live. And then join us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 Central, here on this same station and broadcast um, through Block Talk Radio uh, for our Disciples for Life class uh, taught by yours truly. We've just been having a wonderful time. We started a new series and going right into our spiritual warfare time. And so, you know, God is teaching us great things, teaching us things that we need to be aware of, that we need to um, be sharp at that we need to understand. And so we ask that you would join us every Wednesday night, if at all possible. You don't want to miss this particular series. For however long the Lord tells us we are led by a spirit, when he tells us to stop, move on to something else different, then that's what we will do. Amen? Um, and so we are very, very grateful to that. Lastly, I do want to um, mention to invite you um, to begin to think about uh, going a little bit higher when it comes to the Christian education. God is calling us to a higher place, a deeper place. And so we are excited and uh, want to announce about our KLG Bible College and Seminary, uh, where we are going to be launching um, this particular fall our newly revised School of Ministry, starting with our certificate and diploma program um, in ministry, as well as our associate and bachelor's degree programs in the area of theology, divinity, pastoral counseling, and church administration. Uh, our certificate and diploma programs are six months in duration. The associate degree program of theology, pastoral counseling, and church administration are 18-month programs, uh, and our bachelor's degree program uh, which is dual, dual theology and divinity or the pastoral counseling as well as church administration, these are 24 months in duration. So you want to go ahead and begin to start preparing your hearts and minds now um, to get enrolled. Email us today for more information as um, we will be preparing to have brochures and everything ready um, to go out by mid uh, to late June 
but you want to go ahead and send in your inquiries now so that we can get you on our database, get you ready, get the information so that you will be on top of that. Hallelujah. And you can email us at kogfc at outlook.com. Again, that's kogfc at outlook.com. And let us know that you are interested in enrolling in the KOGF, the KOG Bible College and Seminary. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it's offering time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's time to give unto the Lord. It's always a blessing um, to give. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so we thank and praise the Lord for always the opportunity of being able to give into the kingdom. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 tells us that give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. But with the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. And so we want you to know that what you give is a blessing and allows us to be able to continue to do the work of the ministry, seeing lives being changed one life at a time. You can make all checks payable uh, for those that are writing checks to KOGFC. That KOGFC represents the Kingdom of God Fellowship Church. That's what those letters stand for, KOGFC. If you are out of state in other areas and you're needing to mail your checks in, you can mail them to KOGFC at 337 South Scales Street, S-C-A-L-E-S Street, Unit D, as in David. Make sure to put that unit number on there. Here in Reedsville, North Carolina, 27320. You can also go to our website um, to get our full address, or you can make your, your payment directly at our website page by clicking on the online giving button. Please know that all, all contributions are tax deductible. Amen? So we want to pray for you, those of you that are giving on this morning, because we know that God wants to bless you real good because of your faithfulness. Um, to give. Hallelujah. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we thank you for these precious hearts. We thank you for these mighty men and women of God that are full of faith, oh God. And we thank you for your word today, that we stand on your word, knowing that you are going to give back unto those that have given unto you. And we thank you, Father God, as they come forth out of a willing heart, as they come with a cheerful heart, as they come, oh God, being obedient unto you, that you are going to be faithful unto them. And so, Father, right now, because of their giving, rebuke the devourer on their behalf. Come against everything that would hinder their finances, that would try to block what it is that you have called them to walk into. And so we thank you right now that you're multiplying their seed, giving them a double portion, oh God, on today, on their, uh, that they will have a great harvest. And we give you praise, glory, and honor. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to get ready to go right into the word on today. God truly has a word for us on this morning. I want to say, uh, first of all, a great big happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers uh, on today. It is a wonderful, wonderful uh, thing to be a mother. And I thank the Lord 
uh, for you on today and for all that uh, you as mothers have done for us as a whole. I'm also a mother, um, but I just thank the Lord for you, and we're giving God praise for you. Hallelujah. And so before I come with the word, um, there's just a song that's ringing in my soul. And, um, you know, and when I think about mothers and all that mothers do on a day-to-day basis, that just calls us to just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so it's a little simple song, nothing uh, complicated, but it's just ringing in my soul. Amen. Amen. Let's just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lift our hearts to heaven and praise the Lord. Let's just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just lift our hearts to heaven and praise the Lord. Let's just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just lift our hearts to heaven and praise the Lord. Let's just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lift our hearts to heaven and praise the Lord. Because Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, Thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, thou art welcome in this place. In this place, thou art welcome in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you on this morning, saints of God, on this wonderful Mother's Day morning. We are thanking the Lord for each and every one of you on today. Hallelujah. I want to talk with you about mothers. And um, I'm going to be 
reading, if you would turn with me to in the book of John, um, chapter 19, and we're going to be reading verse 26 and 27. That's John chapter 19, verse 26 and 27. And it reads, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his home. Father, this morning we come to you, O God, thanking you for all that you've already done. We thank you, Father, for every song that has been sung, the prayers that have gone forth. We thank you, Father, for everything that has taken place. Now we ask, O God, that you would cause our hearts um, to become open and receptive to what you are saying to us on today. We thank you, Father God, for um, what this message is all about. And we ask right now, O God, that you would bring about a healing even before the message even goes forth, that many will begin to see things in a whole different light, that you would bring about restoration, that you will bring about reconciliation, and, Father, that you would bring about gratification as well as gratefulness on today. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing. Hide me behind your cross, O oh God. I decrease at this time, O oh God, and I ask that you would increase big within me. Cover me with your blood on today. And let every word that proceed out of my mouth, let it be acceptable in your sight on this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Well, again, we are coming from John chapter 19, 26 to 27. And we want to talk about the, the ways. And I'm going to talk about seven specific ways um, in, in ways that we should be loving our mothers. Because this is Mother's Day. Hallelujah. And we want to love our mothers on today. And so when we look at this particular lesson, um, and again, this is a teaching and evangelistic ministry, so if we're not hooping and you needed to hear some hollering, I'm afraid you might not find us very interesting on today because, you know, we need to be taught the Word of God. And this is that time in which we are looking at studying the Word of God so that we can rightly divide the Word of Truth, um, find some, some stamina, and find strength in the Word of God. Amen? And so what we see here is that Mary, the mother of Jesus, she witnessed the crucifixion of her son right from the foot of the cross. Can you imagine probably how she must have felt? You know, I can't even begin to imagine. Jesus, you know, he, he turns to John and he says, take care of her. You know, and then he looks at his mother and, and he says to her, let him stand in my place as your son. And so John lived a very long life, and I truly believe that he took care of Mary until she passed away, until she transitioned here from earth to glory. And so Jesus is on the cross. He's bearing the weight of the sins of the whole world there on his shoulders, yet he sees to it to make sure that his mother's taken care of, you know, after he's gone. That's a good son, isn't it? Hallelujah. And so as Yahweh, God in the flesh, in Christ, you know, he's dealing with eternal matters, but as a man, he's showing all of us here on today, on this May the 8th, 2016, he's showing us how important it is for us to take care and to love our mother. 
So you cannot be willfully wrong with your mother and be right with God. I'm sorry. It's just That just ain't going to happen. See, if your mother is still alive, regardless of, of your and her, and, and her age, you can love her. And I'm going to share with you, I pray that you got your pad and pen because I want you to begin to take some notes. It's important that we're note-taking. Hallelujah. And so within these seven ways, I'm going to talk with you about them. Number one, that first way, is we've got to learn how to love our mothers verbally. Men, please know this. I love you so. Thank God for the men of God. Hallelujah. And I'm not picking on you. But we find, and it is, and, and many men will admit to this, um, that men have the philosophy that I don't have to say I love you. You know, we've heard that the saying it. <laughs> men tend to say, you already know I love you. I've told you before. And if I change my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> or I'll show love, not just say it. I'm going to make sure the bills are paid. I'm going to make sure you got a roof over your head, you got a car to drive, you got gas and tank. I don't need to tell you that I love you because I show you. But let me just say um, that all that is all well and good and it's very true. That's what you do. But a woman needs to hear those three special words, I love you. Children need to hear it. And saying it makes you more of a man, not less than one. Spouses need to hear it. It's so important. There was a story, and I'm going to read to you because stories just just makes the understanding so clearly. And there was a man that had a Dear Abby story. You know, um, some of you might have heard this story before, but I want to share it with you. It's about a a man. um, He had enlisted in the Army shortly after Pearl Harbor. And and 36 days later after he was enlisted, he, you know, was on his way to the Philippines, but in route, the Philippines fell to the Japanese, and he and his comrades, they, they were being routed off to Australia. Now, 11 days after they landed, um, uh, uh, his letter states that he met this beautiful, the most beautiful girl in the world to him. And he said in his letter that on their first date, he told her that he was going to marry her, and guess what? In 18 months, he did. He did just what he said. But while they were on, and he did this, he married her while they were on a 10-day, you know, sort of an R&R type of leave. He was on leave from New Guinea, so he married her. But 57 years later, 57 years of marriage, two children, here it is, his beautiful wife. Her name was Mary. She died. She died five days before Christmas. And he said that they had agreed that uh, when they died, that their ashes would be scattered over the mountain. But because he loved her so much, he was his, his beloved. He couldn't part with her. So while Mary, his wife, was alive, she would always say, most you know, frequently she would say, you don't know how much I love you. And his reply was always, likewise. He never would say, I love you, Mary, or I love you, sweetie. You know, and so now her ashes are in an urn on the bedroom dresser. You know, and in that urn, those ashes, now he's telling her several times a day how much he loves her. But it's too late, she said. Now, this particular uh, man, he he loved to write poetry. But he could not bring himself to say those three words that he knew 
that she wanted most to hear. But what he also wrote was that, uh, you know, while, his, while she was, you know, laying there, dying, uh, she actually had slipped into a coma. And so he said to her, uh, while she's in a coma, there aren't enough words to tell you how much I love And there was a few hours that passed by, but she whispered and said, not enough words, and she died. <laughs> Isn't that something? And so the reason I wanted to share this story is to urge all, and especially to my brothers, my dear brothers, to express your feelings while loved ones are alive. I don't know why, but many men are reluctant to express the depths of their feelings. I tell my brother, my son, all the time that I love them. And what is so special, they tell me the same. You see, my son will send me phone text messages or he'll inbox me on Facebook, just say, Mom, I love you. <laughs> Spouses need to hear it. Children and our mothers do too. See, some men would say, I'm just not made up like that, man. I, you know, that's, I ain't soft on like that. I heard men say, y'all trying to make me soft, you know. Uh, but they're quick to say, I ain't, just, I ain't made like that. I'm just not comfortable with all of that. Well, I'm here to tell you on this Sunday morning, on Mother's Day, hear me and hear me well, it's time to get uncomfortable. We've got to show love, and we've got to show it verbally, you see, as well as, you know, taking out the trash and paying the bill. We've got to sometimes tell it. We've got to speak it out verbally. A second way of showing forth love to mothers is love her physically. See, those who have mothers living, whether it's your birth mom, could be, you know, adopted mom, foster mom, the mother who raised you, who may, that might have been your grandma, auntie, a babysitter, or, or even a spiritual mom. You know, when, when is the last time you gave a great big hug without, you know, her having to ask you for When the last time you kissed her on the cheek or, or on, the, on, on the neck or, or just sat on the couch and held her hand for a change? That birth mother is the first person who ever touched you. She wrapped you up in, you know, in her womb for nine months, and, and you came out, and her first priority was to hold you. <laughs> she cuddled you, stroked your head, rubbed your feet, held your little cheeks. I used to do J.R. His name is Ronald. I called him J.R. used to hold his little cheeks against mine. You know, I'd give him my little finger for him to hold on to it. <laughs> you know, and in love, a mother does all these kinds of little things. And, and when you were little, she could say, come here, sweetie, give mama some sugar, you know, and, and, and you'd puck her up, and, and, and she'd accept your wet, sloppy little kiss and then say, thank you. <laughs> you know, you, you give, a, a, you give a, a mom hug some type. She didn't have to hold on to you. She just... Clean. I actually, Jr. would hold me so tight, I wouldn't even have to hold him. I'd just be walking around, and he's still holding on to the neck. <laughs> you know, walk around. They ain't letting go. She changed your diapers, potty trained you, held the Kleenex for you to blow your nose, wiped food off of your face years longer than she should have had to. You know, she was constantly cuddling you, touching you. And let me say that many of us, you know, may have had to hand hand our children off to others to do, you know, what we could have done. 
A mother's life may have even endured some heavy changes, but she still deserves your touch and should never have to give that up completely. I, I just want to quickly say it's a wonderful thing for all the flowers and the candy. It's nice being able to go out to eat and, you know, get some little fancy gift. All that's okay. But let me just say that many moms, especially those who didn't quite get it right, they sometimes just need a hug or just to have you to sit by their side and just let, let them know that you truly love them. Go going to the nursing home. It really breaks my heart as I, I'm there regularly to check in on my mom and to see that she's being taken care of properly. But to watch the many mothers, the aunties, the grandmothers, the sisters that are there, many of them have just been dropped off. And they once they're dropped off, nobody ever goes back to see them again. And that's a hurting thing. You can look on many of their faces and see that they just long for just a little simple hug or some, some form of physical affection. Do physically. Love, love on a mother. Love on your mother physically. Number three, love her patiently. Mothers have an incredible job with no pay. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Shirley Caesar once sung a song, uh, No Charge. She did, and it was, it was such, a, such a, a wonderful song, and uh, I used to cry at that. But no charge. No position in the business world compares to the physical, the emotional, the spiritual commitment that a mother carries. There was a poem um, that said, no occupation. And that poem went something like this. She rises up at break of day, and through her tax, she races. She cooks the meals as best she may and scrubs the children's faces. While school books, lunches, homework, too, all need consideration, and yet the senses, man insists, she has no occupation. When breakfast dishes all are done, she bakes a pudding, maybe. She cleans the rooms up one by one with one eye watching, baby. The mending pile she then attacks by way of variation, and yet the senses, man insists, she has no occupation. She irons for a little while, then presses pants for daddy. She welcomes with a cheery smile, returning last and laddie. A hearty dinner next she cooks, no time for relaxation. And yet the senses, man insists, she has no occupation. <laughs> Isn't that something, you know? Uh, lots of times people are so quick to to uh, think that because a woman is a housewife, don't go outside and work a typical uh, uh, job that they consider that she's less important. That's a mistake, you know, to ask a woman, do you work or do you stay at home? Because either way, whether she stay at home or whether she works outside, she's still working. The only other thing that's worse than asking that question is what do you do just because her belly is, is out there? We assume that she's pregnant, <laughs> you know. And so if you're not 100% sure if that woman is pregnant, please don't ask the dumb question. When do you do? <laughs> you see, many women today have to work outside of the home on top of a full-time job you already have at home. And here's the point, in spite of all a mother does for us, we often become impatient with her. 
we, we, if we be honest, we have been. You know, we get so used to, to mom taking care of things that we come to expect her to do. We take her for granted. I mean, we have the audacity to get right out indignant and have a hissy fit that our clothes are still dirty, uh, you know, our jeans ain't ironed. Uh, you know, mom, where the cookies? Well, I thought you were going to bake me some cookies. You know I like that over rice. Where is my polka dot top? Man, it ain't in the drawer. My nice socks that I like to wear all the time, the one that got the hole in the toe. <laughs> you know, mothers are, are, are out there picking their kids up at school because the kids don't want to ride the bus. And But guess what? She's fussed that for being five minutes late. Love her patiently. Love mom patiently. Why? Because she's tender to your needs, you know, and because of that, there's no reason for us to take advantage of her. You know, it's reason for us to be patient and to love her all the more. Young people that are listening today, teenagers, children, it is unfair for you to be, you know, more kind, to be more considerate, to be patient with your friends and your uh, uh, friends' mothers than your own mother. If you treated your friends like you treat your mom, you wouldn't even have no friends. If you treated their mom like you do yours, their mom wouldn't even let their kids have anything to do with you. Your mom deserves that. She's not a rebel to wipe every negative thought off. For us that are adults, if your mother is living, we need to be loving her patiently. Many of you are familiar with um, uh, Dr. James Dobbs, and I used to love listening to him. As a matter of fact, I worked for a radio station, and his station was one of the ones that was on there. It was one of the paid stations, but it was called Focus on the Family. And um, there was a letter that he had received from an 80-year-old woman on her birthday, and I want to share that with you on this morning. And it read to all my children, I suppose my upcoming birthday started my thoughts along these lines. This is a good time to tell you that what I truly want are things I can never get enough of, yet they're free. I want the intangible. I would like for you to come and sit with me and for you to be relaxed. We can talk or we can be silent. I would just like for us to be together. I need your patience when I don't hear what you say the first time. I know how tiresome it is to always be repeating, but sometimes I must ask you to repeat. I need your patience when... Uh, I think too much about the past with my slowness and my set ways. I want you to be tolerant with what the years have done to me physically. Please be understanding about my personal care habits. I spill things. I lose things. I get unduly excited when I try to figure out my bank statement. I can't remember what time to take my medication or if I took it already. I take too many naps. Sometimes sleep less. Uh, you know, sleep, you know, it helps to pass the day. Well, there you have it. Time, patience, and understanding. Those are priceless gifts that I want. Finally, in his letter, the Apostle Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I know I can too. It's a wonderful feeling to know his eye is on the sparrow. And I know he cares for me. I guess being old isn't so bad after all. Love, mom. As that third, always be patient. Number four, love her attentively. Love her attentively. Mothers, listen as as you pour out your heart. 
you know, a mother has a sympathetic ear and always has. And even as an adult, you, you've gone to her when you want someone who will really listen and understand, and she'll always be on your side. Many have actually interviewed men who have been and are incarcerated. They're incarcerated, I mean, for some horrible crimes, some horrific crimes. Uh, and even they have interviewed the mothers of those men that have done these heinous crimes. Many of those moms would say, oh, he's a good boy. <laughs> but the interviewer would say, yes, he might be, but he slaughtered 37 people with an axe. And guess what? Mom would come back and say, I know, but he has a good heart. <laughs> There's nothing like the heart of a mother. Moms listen, but when she has issues, it's now our turn to be her rock. It's her time. We've got to take time now to listen to her. Today, on this Mother's Day, it's payback time, y'all. Payback time. But somebody might be saying right now, I'm she always complaining. Yes, she might be, but just like you. <laughs> or just like you be. We get into that place where we complain sometimes too. See, in their older days, our parents have many fears. And the older they get, there's more fear. They, they know that they're closer to, to dying. They're full of anxiety. May we treat them as we would hope to be treated when we are in their shoes and we're walking in their shoes. Be attentive. Number five, love her gracefully. Mothers need a sincere thank you, not just today, but from a genuinely thankful heart, even when she least expects. Love on me, y'all. Realize two important truths. Learn one about our parents and how we won't always have them with us. And another about our children. Let's be the kind of parents we ought to be. Today I recognize the many mistakes, you know, that I made as a parent. And I can't turn back the hands of time to correct those mistakes, but I can put my best foot forward to be the best mother that I can be today. Love her gracefully. Number six, love mother generously. <laughs> There's nothing too good for her. We could never repay our mother, but we ought to die trying, you know, before she passes the thing. She didn't spend on herself unless all our needs were met. She could have easily, and, and many of them, they did, they went without now it's time for her to have something that she wants. Moms clear their schedules so that they can run around, giving up opportunities so that we'll have opportunities. Love your mom generously. And number seven, love her honorably. Love her honorably. Exodus chapter 20, verse 20 says, Honor thy mother and thy father that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. See, this is binding as long as your mother lives. Another command says, children, obey. Non-binding when you leave home, but honor is different. See, if the husband is the head of the home, then the mother is the heart of the home. Don't break a heart. Yeah, but my mom wasn't honorable. Well, the Bible says nothing about that qualification. By the way, it's the only one of the Ten Commandments 
which includes a built-in promise of blessing. And how many of us want blessings today? I want to walk in the blessing. I truly do. And so God created mothers. And and mothers have some very special aspects to them, <laughs> you know. She had to be completely washable but not plastic. You know, when God created mothers, he created them with, with movable parts, all movable parts. Many women, mothers today, they run on black coffee and leftovers <laughs> because they got so much stuff that they got to do. They got a lap that disappears when she stands up, a kiss that can cure anything from a broken leg to a disappointing love affair, and they got six pair of hands and three pair of eyes. With them three pair of eyes, one pair that sees through the closed door when she asks, what you, what y'all doing up in that? When she already knows. Another in the back of her head that sees, you know, exactly what she shouldn't see, but what she knows that she needs to know. And, of course, she got the ones that are in front that looks at that child when he's messing up, goofing up, and, and say, I understand, I love you. Without someone that's uttering a word, she knows. A mother is one who heals herself even on her own home remedies when she's sick. She can feed a family of six on one pound of hamburger. And not only can she think, but she can reason, she can compromise. Finally, a mother has tears that are joy, sadness, disappointment, pain, loneliness, and pride. In closing on this morning, I want you to know that God truly is amazing in how he created such a precious jewel, our mother. Today, take time to love on Mother's Day. Don't put it off like the man who, who did, whose wife was in a coma, and then finally, you know, she passed away. Tell her while she still has ears to hear. Men, tell your wives how much you love her. Children, go and give mom a big hug. Or if you're in another uh, uh, location and you can't get to her physically, then you got Internet. Skype her today. Use some other form of media to reach out. Give her a phone call. Don't let it be said too late. And then you regret, regret that you never said those three precious words, I love you. Today, I pray that we never be too busy for mom. If you could take time, you know, give great effort for her on the cross, uh, uh, you know, that she bears. Help us, you know, Lord, today. Help us, Father, to love our mothers while we have her in our life today. And for those whose mothers have already crossed over, who have already passed, Father, bless us to show forth love to other mothers. Help us to show forth love to others that are still here but still play a pivotal part in our life. We thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today, if there is anyone that is here, we do want to offer Christ to you today. If you're a mother and you don't know Jesus, the greatest love that you could ever receive is the love of the Savior. Hallelujah. Today is a special day. And so I want to offer Christ to you. Surely.
The presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on his face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Would you come? Come today. Because surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I can hear the touch of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence, surely the presence, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to know that salvation is not a difficult thing. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. You're ready. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord, I admit I'm a sinner. I've done many things that don't please you. I've lived my life on my terms. I repent today. Please forgive me. I truly believe that you died on the cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. And I come to you now, and I ask you to take full control of my life. I give it to you today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to live every day in a way that pleases you. Lord, I love you, and I thank you that I will spend all eternity with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer with me, I ask that you would go quickly now. Go to our website at www.kogfellowshipchurch.org. Send us a message. You can also email us at kogfc at outlook.com. You can even dial us at 336 539 Leave us a voice message on today. We want to know that you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and we want to help you to get to the very next level, and that is to become connected. You want to be a part of a ministry, become a dedicated part of a church where the Word of God is being taught on a consistent basis without compromise. If you wish to become a part of the Kingdom of God Fellowship Church, not just being an occasional person that will listen in, but becoming a full-fledged member, knowing that with being a member, it has its benefits. And so you can do this by going to our website, clicking on the tab or the label that says iChurch, filling out that online member application, and then click Submit. Once we receive your information, 
One of our support staff will contact you for further information. If you live here in the local area, then we do ask that you come. Become a part. Hallelujah. Come uh, where we can fellowship with you. We can cover you, pray with you, and continue to help you to grow as a disciple in Jesus Christ. We are located at 337 South L Street at Unit D, D as in David, here in Reedsville, North Carolina. Let us become a part of your day-to-day living. If you are here and may feel that you have gone into a vaccine state for all of you that are here today, um, you may be in church already, you're a believer, but you're not, you know, honestly, that you're not where you need to be spiritually. And we want to pray with you as we are preparing to close today. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, or perhaps there may be a sickness that you are going through, we want to pray for you on this morning. We don't want to leave anyone um, without touching everyone. Amen. And so we want you at this particular time to bow your head and let's pray on this morning for you. Hallelujah. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we come to you today. Father, we admit that there have been things that we have not done that have been right in your sight. And we ask, Father, right now um, that you would forgive us. Help us, oh God, to get some things correct, knowing that things, nothing will work out right until we get things right with you. And so we ask right now that you would come into our life. We acknowledge that there is some sin that is there, and we need to to be completely clean. We need to become completely whole. We have sinned, oh God, and we have sinned in weakness and in ignorance. We've sinned through our own deliberate fault. Forgive us, oh God. We repent and we turn to you today. Renew our lives to the glory of your name. Father, we ask that you would fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Baptize us with fire and the Holy Ghost that we may speak with new tongues as your spirit gives utterance. Thank you for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We receive you right now in Jesus' name. Father, we ask that you would heal us of every form of sickness, every form of disease today. Touch our body, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. By faith, I touch the hem of your garment. I receive your healing today in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for hearing our cry on this morning. We give you praise, glory, and honor for you touching us, and we believe that you have heard us. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, men and women of God, this concludes our Sunday morning broadcast. Remember to join us. Uh, in the morning at 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern, 5 Central, for our morning manna on Talk Shoe Radio. Um, that's 724-444-7444. The meeting ID is 140-273-POUND. We do pray that you'll be able to join us in the morning or at one of our other service events. We look forward to being with you then again. We're going to close with our benediction scripture that comes from Jews. Uh, verses 24 and 25 that says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. We want to wish you all a glorious day. Until we meet again for another time here on the Empowered for Life radio broadcast, 
our talk show, shoot radio, and here at the Kingdom of God Fellowship Church. I am Apostle Rose White, and I say to you on this day, God bless you, and shalom. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.